G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Michael Hanks is a fantastic sports journalist out of the UK. He covers a lot of tennis for various platforms and he does a fantastic job at it. He would have been watching all of the action and he's been good enough to take our call this evening or this morning. Morning, Michael, or evening to you. Hi, are you okay? It's a very um, kind intro you gave there. No, that's all right, mate. It's appreciate- He's a kind man, Mike. He's a kind man. We appreciate you giving us uh, your, your time. You've you been watching a lot of the tennis, so probably some late nights or early mornings. Oof, yeah, six a.m. alarm today. So I missed um, I missed the two final women's quarterfinals, but I've been time to see, like you said, City Pass just absolutely run away with a match that people probably thought was going to be um, tighter than it was in the end. Yeah, well, Sinner, he's he's got the wraps on him. He has the game. He seems like a real good kid. But have you felt that City Pass has just come on this tournament and maybe sniffs sniffs his chance? It's tough to say, really, because I think. He's been one of those players for a couple of years now that you kind of feel like he's ready to wrestle this control from the uh, the big three. Uh, I think he played semi-finals a couple of years ago at the Australian Open as well. So it's not like it's not a surprise. Obviously, number four seed as well won the ATP World Tour Finals. So yeah, but I guess with um with the draw opening up a little because he was in a in a pretty packed side of the draw with with what would have been Djokovic and then Zverev getting knocked out. It still has Nadal as well, so it's a it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But, yeah, he's made it to the semis. I think the fashion he did it in was just so... It's like controlled aggression and confidence. He just he really was bouncing around with purpose when he sniffed that he could be a straight sets and, and go have a rest. Is there a chance, and, and do you expect Rafa to beat Berrettini? And do you expect Rafa to be facing one of these next-gen guys and... You know, as well as Sitsipas, Medvedev for a long time, we've just said, is he the next guy? Is he the next guy? Do you expect that we're going to have a final, a standoff between Rafa and either Sitsipas or Medvedev? Yeah, a bit of an old era versus the new. I think Nadal, he won't have it easy against Berrettini. I, um, I think he's a, he's a great player. My my girlfriend loves him even more than I do for, you know, a decent-looking bloke, and he's got the game. But um, I think Nadal will, will, will have a... Enough. I think they both had long quarterfinals, essentially. So Nadal's been there, done that, looking for number 21. And I think that, you know, it will be a great test for one of these guys to, if they really want to wrestle this momentum away from Djokovic and Nadal especially, they they need to do it against them when they're playing. And with no Djokovic there, I suppose people thought that Djokovic was going to be the last obstacle for many of these younger players. But... It's great to see a 35-year-old Nadal there as well. And, yeah, I think it could well be a Nadal-Medvedev final, but they are very tricky semi-finals to call. The media would have had a fan day up there in the UK, uh, Michael, with a name like Novak, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think Medvedev was pretty funny after. I don't know if you saw him um, say that he channeled his inner Novak when beating... Uh, <laughs> he had a crack. When we when beating, uh, oh God, my mind is absolutely gone. 
and winning of five sets earlier today. Have you been? Have you been following the uh, game between Michael Venus and Kyrgios? Have you are you up to date on Michael Venus's remarks about Kyrgios last night? Yeah, yeah, I probably would. You don't repeat on a New Zealand breakfast show, but look, I think I think that this is a this is a Kyrgios that we all know and love. The one that we're seeing at the tournament. It's a shame that he's not getting beyond the second round. But what can you do when you meet a player like Medvedev? But you see him playing doubles with Kokonakis, and yeah, he, maturity may be lacking at times, but I think in the last few years especially, I think he's actually he's grown as a person, and I think that tennis fans, he, he sells out like no one else. He obviously can't fill the Melbourne grounds this, this year, but there's not really a player like him, and he may rub people up the wrong way, but you look what he does to the crowd, and you look what he does for tennis overall, I think. I don't know. I think the I think the comments are a bit harsh, but he's obviously going to annoy a few people, and he's probably probably going to annoy people if he beats them as well. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a really tough one, especially for us because we we love Michael Venus. He's been a champion for New Zealand on the world stage, and mm. I didn't necessarily think it was fair the treatment that him and Tim Putz were getting from that crowd. And and I wouldn't. I don't think Nick Kyrgios and Kokonakis needed to incite it. I think that they were doing well enough. Just the atmosphere was good enough anyway. But after you lose coming out and saying something like that, it's always much worse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but we're talking about elite athletes in the heat of the moment. I think if you asked me after a match like that, I'd probably, I mean, I'd, I'd certainly need media training to probably say the right thing. But look, I mean, Curios is one of these characters that we love because he says what he wants. And yeah, just because he's been called a so-and-so by someone else, I think we should kind of, I don't know, almost enjoy it a, enjoy it a bit. Tennis needs... Tennis needs a bit of spice. It needs a bit of salt to mm. add to um, almost the sweetness that we've seen with players like Nadal and Federer in the past 10, 20 years. You see the you see the difference that cricket have done by changing up their games with the Super Bash and, and so forth. Do you think tennis needs something like that, Michael, to to add to the stale, um, I, I guess, crowds that you that go there they, and with the golf etiquette, you can't talk, you can't say anything when it's an event. And Curious has shown that how he can get crowds in that in, uh, into the game. Yeah, it's a good point, really. I mean, they have these next-gen finals, which which do try and trial things. They trial formats. They, I mean, simple stuff like removing tram lines from singles games and allowing on-court coaching. But I do think you look at you look at some of these sports that encourage noise during during points. Even there is an argument to say that maybe there is a there is scope for it. It's just where is the time in this in this crazy calendar? You have the ATP creating new like na- like nation tournaments, and I know that Curios and a couple of the Brits over here they love playing them. But you these tournaments need fans, and I guess at this point in time with the pandemic and reduced capacity crowds, it is a bit of a tough time to maybe introduce new tournaments. But Hey, imagine a, imagine a match where where you don't actually have to shush the crowd and you just keep on playing because we all know that we've played in environments it. before. Hey, hey, yeah. Michael, I think I think I think you've just translated us and transported us into uh, Michael Venus's nightmares, mate. He's he's <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's well, he yeah. might be the one that disagrees with that. The last thing we want is people shouting "sue" the whole time, but oh. you know, just, even just talking, maybe. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> 
Yeah. We could talk for hours on how annoying that Ronaldo thing is. Yeah, yeah, we could, mate. Oh, look, the last thing us and the Queen needs is that going to Wimbledon. So you need to stamp that out the minute it gets to the UK, <laughs> mate. That we don't, we don't need, oh, we don't need Queenie, don't, Queenie getting a heart attack with the strawberries and cream and <laughs> some some buffies. Oh, they'll be they'll be chucking uh, chucking people out if there's any seas at Wimbledon. Make no mistake about that. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, mate. Um, I, I want to know how you you've seen and, and you kind of just gave us the the rundown on on what you think could happen in the men's um, the side of the draw because the the reality is these guys that we've seen them time and time again but women's tennis is am I right in saying that the the Roland Garros semifinals had four women in the f- semifinals that had never been in semifinals before and I think that at the Australian Open quite on the contrary there are four women that have been in semifinals before which is kind of actually a bit of an anomaly for women's tennis because it, it does fluctuate it tends to more does it Michael? Yeah I think it's actually the first time I saw on Twitter for five years maybe where the women have four players have already reached this stage of the, the semifinals of a Grand Slam so yeah I, we're, we're so used to welcoming in these new champions I mean Krajcikova won the French Open for the first time last year obviously it was widely celebrated here with Raducanu coming from nowhere the US Open so we're used to welcoming new champions but now you look at these you look at the seeds and it's absolutely stacked with Grand Slam winners it's stacked with proper proper players and it's no surprise that we have seen these players returning to the semi-finals again I mean there's only one player in my eyes who will probably win it and that's Ash Barty, but to have four players who have been there done that doesn't make it doesn't make it so simple. Yeah, no, it doesn't at all. Cash Barty, she just looks in dominant form. Although Madison Keys has got a big enough racket that she could rattle her, I think. Yeah, no, I mean she's uh, she's already beaten Kenin, she's already beaten Krajcikova and uh, Badosa as well. So three three of the top eleven seeds, and if anyone's not going to fear taking on the world number one, I would assume it's going to be Keys, who's in uh, red hot form. Michael, they're going on about Kyrgios, but what about McEnroe? How do you think McEnroe, Becker, um, Borg, those type of players would go into the, in, in today's arena? That's a great question. Um, I think we'd probably be watching McEnroe uh, playing doubles with Kyrgios or that very least. Uh, <laughs> It'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> looking forward. Oh, I mean, it, it would be great. I think, I, especially a few years ago, I always thought there was one man to probably coach Kyrgios but I, I get to the I get to the I get the feeling that he's arguably uncoachable in a way. But I always thought that McEnroe and Kyrgios would have been a great link up. I think you got Borg a bit more of a cooler head like like Federer. But yeah, I think it's it's so impossible to say how those guys would um would shape up because yeah they played with different rackets and they probably played at a different speed. But they were the world's best at their time, so they probably would have raised the level. But I mean, talking of tournaments, they would love. Imagine trying to get those three against the current three, but that's something that will obviously never happen. Hey, Michael, thoroughly enjoyed chatting to you, mate. You're um, you're doing well considering you're at the other end of the day from when you got to get up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. The the it looks like the the women's games with well, the two semi-finals today. Ash Barty, Madison Keys, the first one, nine thirty our time. So what's that? Eight thirty a.m. your time. So that's a sleeping, is it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I can set an al- a later alarm this time. Yeah, nice stuff, man. Great to catch up. We really appreciate having you on. All the best. Nice one. Thank you. Here's a text, and I don't mind it, Kimpy. off the back of that.
Cheers, Steve. All right, Steve. Sorry, guys, can't work you out. How many times have I heard you say it would be refreshing if a Kiwi sports person spoke their mind after an event instead of the standard response? When Venus does, you call them out for it. Ever thought you guys could actually be the reason they don't? Cheers, Steve. Steve, love your message. And I completely understand and actually agree with what you're saying. It is hypocritical that we're saying it. But just be, you, can, you can actually have both, mate. And stick with me here. I highly encourage Kiwi sports people and athletes to speak their mind. I'm not necessarily, and I'm not having a crack at Michael Venus for doing it. I'm asking would he regret it now, and is it hard work when you lose to get your point across? Is there any way Michael Venus doesn't feel salty after this, and will he regret it? That's my question. Look, I encourage him to do it. Would I have done it? I don't know, because I'm not a high-performing athlete in that position. I could try and give you some hypothesis about what I would try to do. I think he was rattled. I think he was genuinely gutted. I think he truly believes that he that, that Nick Kyrgios is immature, and everything he said was necess- was quite right. I take your point, though, Steve, because I understand that some athletes, and, and actually Michael said it, media training, um, I understand that some of them are afraid because they feel like, and they feel, you know, organisations feel like they have to media train athletes so they don't become talk topics. It is, it is a kind of a paradox. I know what you mean. I'm not criticising Michael Venus for doing it, though. I'm just wondering if he said is something he is going to regret. But I appreciate your message on 8833. Never be afraid to come through and disagree with me or challenge me. That's what we want. 0800-150-811. Kempi, we love it. We need this sort of discussion. 100%. I think it's a great, I think it's a great response, too. And I was waiting for that one to come back because as, as an ex-athlete, ex-coach, um, there are times when you want to say something, but there's the time to say it. That's what you're basically basically saying. Was it the right time to say what he had to say? And I'd never discourage an athlete or a sport or a coach from speaking their mind. I never would. But we're allowed to talk about it and analyse it. I'm, I, I, I think opinion's good. They're like something you got on you and everyone's got one. <laughs> you can't say that on air. <laughs> he did tell us he was coming off the back fence. All right, keep your messages coming through. Kempi's talking rugby league at 20 to 8 as well. So we've got a couple of good texts here from Scotty and Jim. James, we will not let those ones slip through the cracks, lads. Stay with us. Paulie Mawadi, the party. Let's talk Thorndon Mile and Wellington Cup markets up after this.